0: Good afternoon, everybody. It is April 11th, Monday afternoon, and this is certainly one of the more exciting weather patterns that we've ever seen here in this country. Uh, We just experienced, first of all, I wish I had the name of the city, but it's in Texas. Just a couple days ago, it was a record. Now, many cities in Texas actually broke a record over the past weekend. This particular city, and maybe later today I'll be able to, f- to remember the name or figure out the name, because the biggest pella, the strangest thing, is that you don't really hear about it on the media. No one's really talking about it. It happened to have been mentioned in a certain article. So a certain city in Texas, they broke the record high for April, so it was the hottest temperature ever recorded in April. Temperature around 109 or something, something like that. But what's even more is that it also was an all-time high record for just in general this was the hottest temperature ever recorded in the city ever and it happened in the month of april that's something really extraordinary the only thing which is more extraordinary than that was what happened in the italy and france antarctic weather station in 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 Antarctica back in March, they reported that warmest temperature ever in the month of March in Antarctica. That's like who's ever heard of something like that? 75 degrees above normal. It happened in the month of March. You know, the Russian station reported also the March warmest, warmest March temperature ever. Temperature was t- uh, zero degrees, but they did not report an all time high That did not happen at the Russian station, but at the Italy and France station, that's what happened. It's located about 350 miles away from the Russian station. Well, right after this heat, you can't get a larger contrast of temperatures than what we currently have. I guess you could maybe, but there's another thing that we have over here. We have really strong sun And at the same time, conditions are still cold enough for snow in the upper Midwest, at least with this system. We have an April sun. This is very close to tropical sunshine, if not tropical itself. It really is a strong sun, which means this is the type of sun where you can get instability, pop-up thunderstorms, even pop-up snow squalls. They develop in a very similar way. And here we go with this low-pressure system. There's a few unique aspects to it that I happen to have noticed. Number one, this is... The system will not be weakening as it crosses the Rocky Mountains from the all the research I did, the thing is only going to strengthen, only going to strengthen, and it's coming on shore already as a deep low pressure system. Portland, Oregon saw snow for the very first time in the month of April. You know, you look at the European computer model, it shows eight inches will be falling in Portland, Oregon. Someone has to check those forecasts. See, you know, the local meteorologists are always the best. So it would be it's great to check really what's going on over there if there really is a forecast for eight inches of snow. But either way, they saw the. this is the first time they've ever seen snow in April. But, you know, I think they have seen snow in May. So uh, we're going to put that on pause. That needs a little bit of an investigation. Uh, But. And moving right along, along the Oregon Cascades, those, that mountain range in Oregon, you see very large numbers of snow, really high amounts, 20 inches, 30 inches. Just over the next few days, it just goes really high up in those areas, lots of rain. Thunderstorms expected on the northwest Pacific coast, even at the coast, showers, thunderstorms, some thunderstorms. There might be a couple of thunderstorms at the coast. That's a possibility. Moving further inland, uh, things kind of deteriorate. We are not even going to get to – I don't know if we're going to get to the severe weather outbreak in the – you know, we have to mention something, though. We have to mention at the very least, mention tomorrow there's an enhanced risk for severe weather going all the way up into southern Iowa. That, and that's the enhanced risk. That's a number three, meaning Louisiana, all these places, the, Iowa is at the peak. Southern Iowa is at the peak, just like Louisiana. There's also severe weather risk going all the way up into southern Minnesota. That's what the Storm Prediction Center has mentioned. We have, it's going pretty high up, up, pretty high up, right? Well, what about northern Minnesota? We can focus more on northern Minnesota. Storm track's looking like it's going to be taking a little bit of a nor- more of a northwestern track, which leaves a city like Duluth or International Falls, Minnesota, getting a little bit less than what was originally forecasted. In fact, the National Weather Service over there says they don't really think they're going to get a lot of snow, but they don't really have enough confidence in the situation yet to really make a real forecast. You know, places like Winnipeg, That place is going to get blasted with snow. You have a place like Bismarck, North Dakota. The reports are that they're going to be getting a lot of snow. If you look on the European computer model, you'll see lots of snow is forecast for those areas. Also, 15 inches, 20 inches, 25 inches. Some areas getting 24 to twenty. Twelve to twenty-four inches, eighteen to twenty-four inches, up to thirty inches in some locations. AccuWeather max of forty inches. This this is coming with really strong winds. The criteria for a blizzard it's it's not just going to reach the criteria for a blizzard. It's forecasted to go well beyond that. Well, if this storm materializes to its full potential. We're talking about fifty mph hour wind gusts, which is well past the thirty five mile power wind gusts you need for a blizzard criteria, about three or four hours worth of thirty-five mph hour wind gusts reducing visibility to under a quarter mile. Another unique thing about this storm is the fact it's gonna be a wet snow. This is not the typical situation that occurs in those areas back in January and February, where you have a dry, powdery snow. Nonetheless. Despite the wet snow, despite snow-to-water ratios, 10 to 1, maybe even less, nonetheless, snowfall is expected to accumulate around 2 inches an hour. But here's the, th- the real thing, is that because it's a wet snow, it's going to stick and it's going to freeze. This puts a danger, the power outage risk for trees. T- trees could fall, various dangers because of the wetness of the snow, the stickiness of the snow. This is a low-pressure system, which it seems like the National Weather Service, you know, the Washington Post has strongly indicated. It seems like they are choosing to focus on the GFS model and not the European computer model. The GFS model has a powerhouse storm which moves into Minnesota and it just stays there. That's another thing about this storm. It's not just a heavy snow. It's also a really slow-moving system. It eventually falls apart later on Thursday, just like all these slow-moving systems that I've seen around here. They all fall apart. But until we get to that point it's going to be a really intense thing talking about barometric pressure 29 very close to 29.1 maybe even 29.0 and it's solidly over minnesota that means the heaviest snow might stay out of minnesota because the heaviest snow tends to occur i think about 120 miles north of the storm track perhaps sometimes even more and over here we're really dealing with some borderline temperatures and I didn't even notice any snow for the Black Hills in South Dakota. But I'm curious to know what's gonna happen with that. Because last time around there was snow over parts of Minnesota, then nothing occurred according to storm reports as of early the morning, but the storm the snow was still falling at that point. Could be things changed. But then when you get to the Black Hills just west of Rapid City, down in the southwest part of the state, pretty far away from Minnesota, you see those storm reports of six, seven, eight inches. And this is still while it was snowing. It'd be interesting to see what happens over there. We have a severe weather outbreak today. Now, the severe weather outbreak today is, you know, there's another storm system which is developing down south. It's a weaker low pressure system with a slow-moving, weak cold front that is further weakening. But nonetheless, there's something called the dry line. And this is where the storm chasers, they love the dry line. Nothing could be better than the dry line for a storm chaser. The dry line is the area which is where the south, the really dry southwest desert winds blow from the southwest. They collide with the warm, moist air from the Gulf of Mexico. And there's two things that happen. Either the skies are cloudless, as blue as can be, or there's tornadoes. That's severe thunderstorms and tornadoes. If the skies are blue, they call it a blue bust. But the storm chasers like to hang out around there. Uh, that's going to be going on down there. You know, you can have a weak front, a weak storm system, a weak this and that. But when you have the dry lines, so there's always going to be a tornado risk. I, it's usually, like in the Oklahoma area, uh, I think maybe this time it's going to be also in the western Kansas, perhaps western Nebraska. You know, these are th- things if, if a person really want, is going, there? certainly looking to see exactly where it is. Uh, tomorrow, it's a much more significant sto- uh, severe weather outbreak. It's associated with the powerhouse storm developing up north, in the northern plains, central plains, northern plains. This is called the Colorado low. Now, what's very interesting, it used to be that a Colorado low was a distinct system. You know, maybe it, you know, it developed in Colorado but we had many different types of storm systems. There was an Alberta clipper that was a low-pressure system that developed in Alberta. They used to think, meteorologists used to think that the low-pressure system in Alberta was its own entity. It Somehow, storm systems developed over Alberta. But at this point, the Colorado low and the Alberta clipper are considered almost like the same type of system. They both develop almost in the same way. There's Pacific low-pressure system that, kind of weakens as it passes the Colorado Rockies, then redevelops over Colorado. You know, if this is a Colorado low, according to those National Weather Services calling it a Colorado low, which is environmental Canada, by the way, up in Canada, according to the National Weather Service definition of a Colorado low, it doesn't seem like it necessarily has to fall apart and then redevelop over Colorado. It just has to come out of Colorado. But according to the Meteorological Society... They have a different definition. They have the the low-pressure system develops a, a very distinct form in Colorado, kind of like it – maybe it is connected to the Pacific or not, but it really starts – it really develops and takes shape. You'd have to see their words exactly. I – uh, would be nice to see their actual words uh, but so according to them i don't know how what this would qualify as but either way there is a major difference between the alberta clipper and the colorado low the alberta clipper generally does not collide with gulf moisture the colorado low does the colorado low a lot of times does doesn't always but this time of the year this time around it certainly is you look up at the rainfall. Let's say all the snow would is falling as rain. You have places on both sides of the storm that would be getting two inches of rain equivalent. So, you know, you got a 10 to 1 snow to water ratio. We're talking about 20 inches. The wild card to me is what do we do with the melting that will be taking place – while the snow falls. Granted, the snow is going to be falling so heavy, it's going to be accumulating, even though the temperatures might be above 32. But at the same time, the snow will be melting throughout the day. There might be an official total of 20 inches, but there's only 12 inches of snow on the ground. So what do we do with that? I don't know. But for a city like Bismarck, North Dakota, we don't have to worry about that. High temperatures, mid-20s, wind chills down into the teens, temperatures at night, wind chills at night, or... The AccuWeather real feel—they say it's going to be even below zero. I wish I knew more what the wind chills were going to be. Uh, do <laughs> there? We have wildfire risks. The fire risks are up in the extreme level. We also have the. This storm is. The, you know, it's reported that the, the European computer model. Takes this low pressure system into the Great Lakes area. It, it, it at a certain point, the map shows two low pressure systems that develop, one over Minnesota, one over the Great Lakes, and then they kind of just combine. The two combine. Uh, actually, that's the GFS model to tell you the truth. Uh, at some point, the low pressure system, at least according to one of these models, is going to be going to the northeast. I think this storm will be falling apart before it does so anyways I think uh, some say that this might end up being a historical storm the areas up there have not seen a blizzard like this in decades if this thing materializes nothing's ever a definite especially with this thing I like to say that definite means 80% chance The National Weather Service considers 80% chance as an expected outcome. We have serious warmth that's moving into the Midwest, which we do not have time to speak about right now. But cities like Chicago will probably get hit with it on Wednesday. Other places getting hit with it already. We had places that were in the mid-80s yesterday, places that you would think should not be in the mid-80s, but they were in the mid-80s, such as southwest missouri southwest missouri that was a last minute thing going into the mid 80 85 degrees and i think branson missouri or some, one of those places down there it wasn't forecasted to happen a few days before that but uh, you know when you have very dry air you have large variability in temperatures this time of the year the sun is super efficient at heating things up and Behind the dry line, the relative humidity generally is 6%. There are some meteorologists who feel that because the air is so dry currently, even in the North Dakota area, International Falls, Minnesota, the snow might actually start several hours later than what the radar shows because the snow will be evaporating before it touches the ground. Evaporation of snow is not actually called evaporation. It's called uh, sublimation. Uh, But uh, So, you might have that, the snow, you know, they might say the snow starts at 7 o'clock and it's not snowing, it's still not snowing, that doesn't mean it's not coming, it's just that it's really dry and the snow is sublimating, it's evaporating before it touches the ground. I hope everyone stays safe and the avalanche stuff is one of the most dangerous things, that's something that we'll have to look out for over the next few days, but... Those people who love these types of storms, they're really going to have a lot of fun with this. And those people who like the warm weather, they're going to have a lot of fun too because the warm weather is just around the corner. It's already April. Anyone who's going skiing in the the Rockies always should remember to put sunblock lotion on this time of the year for two reasons. Number one, the April sun is a powerhouse. Number two... The sun reflects a lot of the ultraviolet rays upwards, so you're really getting a heavy dose of ultraviolet rays over there. Also, you're, you're up in the mountains. There's less atmosphere, which is protecting you. Unlike by the Dead Sea, where many say you don't even need to put sunblock lotion on at all. Could you imagine that? The ultraviolet index is apparently low. Now, whenever I check it out, it's not low. But that's what they say. So I I don't know what to say to that. They say there's so much atmosphere because it's so low. It's the lowest place on earth. I would imagine Death Valley is similar. So anyways, I wish everybody a wonderful day. Thank you for listening.